it's the best Kiwi event in New Zealand. This. Crossing New Zealand in one or two days. Why do I do it? Because I love it. Three, two, one, go! Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another Katmandu Coast to Coast podcast. Angus Petrie here alongside the team captain, Richard Greer. Welcome, Rich. Welcome. Good to be here. Final countdown. The final countdown. How good. It's Finally. the final countdown. I was going to have a little bit of music here to play and everything. You know, that <laughs> you could sing it. That there. famous tune. We could just skip it all together, I think, probably more than anything. <laughs> I think we need to get something. Yeah, there she goes. She's already starting to sing it in the background. I'm, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people when they get to the last bike bike ride home, the last transition that they'll be singing that song, mate. The final yeah, countdown. Yeah, bring it on. So, no, it's exciting times. Hopefully, everybody is healthy and well out there and looking after themselves and wrap themselves in a bit of cotton wool and uh, ready to go. Yeah, is that what you do right now? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Just do nothing. Try not to hurt yourself. Try not to break your boat or stuff. And there'll be plenty of people going, actually, can we start this weekend? I yeah, don't want to wait yeah, another week. I right. just that tension's building and there'll be a bunch of us like thank god it's not this weekend i've got to get a whole lot of stuff sorted um, thank god it's a long weekend so i actually do that <laughs> you've got all your compulsory gear sorted uh, it's it's all sort of laid out on the floor in the corner so i just need to pack it it's all there thereabouts it's all ticked yeah you're, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. missing anything no i don't think so no, long, long, don't your long johns are there <laughs> those long johns i should have brought them in the, the old stripey um uh, ones from the past now i remember one year ago how no actually how many years you've had one year in a new helmet have you you had your previous helmet for about 20 years. <laughs> what are you trying to say? The, the coach has finally chipped in and bought you a new one. Do your long oh, my do, kayak helmet. Yeah, yeah, your, kayak, that, yeah do, do your right. long johns match the same vintage <laughs> as your kayak, kayak helmet. helmet? I got it secondhand in 2001. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, la last year, the, kayak, the rest of the coaching team um, chipped in to buy me a new one. <laughs> Mate. Yeah, that was still good. There's nothing wrong with it. But uh, I think they were getting more and more nervous that it wasn't going to make it through scrutineering. So it was more for them than it was for me. Oh dear. Well, of course, uh, a big thank you to Team CP, your endurance coaching specialists, uh, for helping put this podcast on. The Catmandu Coast to Coast podcast, the podcast that is designated to uh, getting you safely from the west coast of the South Island all the way across to the east coast in about nine days' time. Um, and you're going to do some running, some some biking, some kayaking, a bit more running, biking. All that stuff, yeah. That a, bit stuff. Of, a bunch of high fives, all those sorts of things. Eat a bunch of food good and uh and by now if you aren't ready well don't try don't try maybe maybe have a quick binge listen to the previous episodes yeah four seasons <laughs> worth yeah four seasons <laughs> worth pretty much take you through That's the race right. day. and you should be up to date yeah exactly you'll you'll be fully sorted ready to roll so like i say we are like about nine days out mate we are getting damn close everybody's mm -hmm. watching the weather they're doing all those things yeah well, uh, some people have definitely turned off social media because it's like an exam isn't it you just don't want to hear other people's stories about it could be this or it could be that it's uh who knows yeah yeah and speaking of that and speaking of the stories of training and things tonight's show uh obviously we've got uh glenn curry who's going to give us the the final rundown of what's going direct. on uh, he's been looking closely at the weather i hear he's uh get a fair eye on that so i'm interested to hear what his take on the course conditions are going to be like and just what's going on the back end well if he's a good farmer like i believe he is he'll know exactly what the weather's going exactly. to do and you'll be able That's to right. you'll be able to sit your sit your buddy combine harvester to it <laughs> there you go uh and keith keith with us keith riley yep so he's the uh river safety guy basically the guy that you um that 
helps keep everybody safe and, and getting down that river in one piece and makes the call on which pieces of rivers are river dangerous, what's happening with the trees, what about the jet boats, um, safety crew, all that sort of stuff. So he works really closely with Glenn. So I'm really interested to get a bit of a, what happens in the background because there's so many moving parts to this event. There's so many different risks that the team try to manage. So um, Keith's obviously got a big job. So interested to hear some of his decision-making processes. And, and obviously the rivers is what it is. It's been super dry through the whole sort of season so interested to see what and there's a couple of gnarly interesting pieces amongst that and uh interested to see what he has to say well i heard a wee rumor noah was building an ark i think <laughs> yeah it's about to rain <laughs> the, isn't the, it the rain uh, is coming and yep. of course we're going to finish the show uh with none other than sophie beaumont the 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 girl who brings all the cheer and brightness to the coast to coast all on her own little platform imagine if she didn't do it next year what will we what? do? No. <laughs> She's around for years, so no, yeah, trying to get this thing done. No, it'll be one day next year. Right? <laughs> I think it will be. Uh, we might have just planted the seed there. She's I? shaking her head furiously <laughs> in the background. Oh, okay. she's just disappeared. Hang on. Okay, yeah. well, that's right. It is the last one. It's not the last show for the season, but it is the last one before we make that trek to the Sheffield mm. Pie Shop. Uh, I mean, to the West Coast, uh, to the start line. Uh, so, shall we start with Keith? Yeah, and I think just before we start, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. This show is live, so if you're listening live, just uh, type a comment, etc. And as we go, and we'll look to those as we go as well. So, keep us uh, posted, and we'll um, look forward to getting into it. Yeah, bear in mind, we are going to have Glenn on. So, if you do have any uh, pressing questions, uh, of course, Glenn will answer a few now. There'll be plenty answered on the day on the, at the, at the briefing and, mm-hmm. and all of those things. But uh, anyway, let's start with Keith and uh, see how safe this river's looking. Sounds good. Welcome, Keith. Thanks, lads. Good to be here. It's a story. How are you getting on, Keith? Yeah, I'm surviving, hanging in there, just bloody yep. watching yep. weather and um, watching weather and thinking about what a river's going to do on the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've done it for a while. Give us a bit of a background. Um, you've been involved in the Coast to Coast for a number of years. Um, how long have you been involved in it? And also keen to hear, obviously, you have a man that's paddled a number of rivers and been involved in kayaking for a long time. Tell us a bit more about yourself. Yeah, so I think I started Coast to Coast River Safety about 18 years ago. Uh, I probably came in from a background much more of a, I guess, whitewater slalom exploration kayaking. Steeper rivers has been my forte, I guess, but uh, I had a bit of a foray into adventure racing and I probably feel like I operate a little bit on the periphery of the, of the multi-sport river scene. Yep, nice, nice. So uh, a man that's well and truly um, done his, uh, done the hard yards to make sure he knows all about rivers um, there. So so tell us about your highlight of the Coast to Coast weekend. You've been involved in it for 18 years. It's a long time. Oh, I hate to say it. My highlight is pretty much the same every year. And it's at Gorge Bridge, looking around, seeing no support crew, seeing Taylor and Charlie's come through, just you know, getting that job confirmation done. that everyone is off the river, job done. It feels like it's a fairly mammoth, mammoth task, and that's the um, a fairly overt sign that it's all over at the end. There, God, you'd sleep well. I'm sure. I'm sure on Saturday night after well, a few it's sort the of following day. Okay, yeah, just crash and burn. It's pretty <laughs> wired until about four in the morning, and then, and then the yep. following day, it all it all comes right. Yeah, nice work, nice work. So tell us how the river's looking. It's been dry all summer with that flow getting lower and lower, uh, but I hear there's a rumour that might be some rain along on the way. Um, that Auckland rain has been sent down to us. Yeah, I hate to say it. It's almost irrelevant what the river's looking like right now, isn't it? I feel like uh, yep. I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's a thousand cumex in there by uh, Sunday. 
and then it's got five days to drop. So my sense, the river's going to get a, do a complete reset, uh, and we'll be looking at looking pretty closely at that river as it drops, and you know, make some calls on what it's actually looking like as opposed to what it has been like. Mm -hmm. I think that's a bit of a hard reality. That's a lot of water. That's a bank to bank situation. And obviously, the channel has been there, so it may come back to that, but it could just go anywhere. So, um, so that's a that's an interesting task. One a couple of years ago, the river did that and come down, but it didn't sort of get into those channels. So it sort of just spread out a lot, especially across the top of the river. Is that what you sort of expect will happen with a big flood and, and then dropping quickly? Yeah, my my sense is that the you know after every flood, there's subtle changes, but the the nature of the river stays the same. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've always got something in the rock gardens, and then a handful of bluff bluff rapids as we roll through the gorge, and we've got willow trees at the end. That's yep. that's kind of always the layout, and yeah, you know the braids the braids are probably what changed the most, but the reality there is that the um, the braids are ever changing, and you. You just need to read, read the river on the day, and mm -hmm. run run the good, good lines as you see them, as opposed to what you might have done in in previous training runs. That's right, because you start to if you've been down there a few times, you start to learn it. And like I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to go here, and and but obviously that's just completely completely different. So it comes down to what are your decision making processes around lines that you'll take and and understanding that so like just thinking about a braided section of the river what are some of the things that we should be thinking about when we're navigating our way uh down a braided section of the river in terms of i guess taking those fastest lines and, and the best lines yeah i think um i think you just you're obviously looking for putting yourself in the most water in the biggest channels where the where the bulk of the water is often when we see you know, when we see it pull up and, and the lake ahead of us, just often straight ahead is not necessarily the deepest channel. It'll, it'll fall out to the side of that lake. So yeah. looking, for, looking for that, just being, you know, hyper aware and trying to, trying to read the river as you see it. Mm -hmm. If you find yourself going further and further away from the, what is clearly the, the main channel and you're getting high and dry, sometimes it can be tough making that call that you've actually done a, a, a bit of a major navigational error and might need to get out of your boat and drag left or drag right to get back in the game. That's right. And uh, sometimes it's a history thing as well. Like you're trying to think about, okay, the river went left and then it went left again. So maybe there's water over that mm -hmm. side. So I want to start sort of thinking about taking that left channel at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really hard to know. Eh? Like, like we just mm. know that river's gonna change. The braids are gonna change. The, you know, the character will stay the same. So, you know, my advice is definitely, you know, read the river as you see it on the day. We'll we'll obviously try and get uh, information out to people, knowing that they won't get to do a a a training run on the, mm -hmm. I guess, the new format. Yeah. Uh, but my uh you know and, and in terms of getting information out that's if there's significant hazards or rapids that are more more burly than than previous mm. or you know what changes that there have been in there i think that's and, important for people to go in into the river with we'll we'll sign things appropriately there yeah. but we'll also sign with it in mind that people are paddling at a grade two or above level and are interpreting the river and the hazards as they see them on the day. Mm -hmm.
That's right. And uh, previous to this podcast, we would have said we would have been talking about probably a couple of key rapids that were in the in the river and they were sort of uh, were causing the most sort of hassle to people. But again, we just don't know what that's about. But I'd be keen to hear your decision making process like the the um, in the WiMAC Classic event, there was a there was a compulsory ported section at just after uh, the halfway hut. Um, what's the decision making process around compulsory portages, but even or even recommended portages, sort of thing, in, in the river? How do and and how would you signpost those, and what would how would that come about? Yeah, Richard. The the, the reality for us on that on that day on the river day is that we've got close to nine hundred paddlers mm. moving through that section, and you know we're quite overt about it being a grade two river. And if we're starting to see rapids that are creeping above that level or that are likely to produce injuries, mm -hmm. I think with, you know, it's just a numbers game. When you're putting that many people through a river, if, if we've got rapids that are likely to put, produce injuries, we, uh, you know, we just don't have the, the infrastructure to, to deal with large quantities of injuries in there. And you don't so want we anyone. Need, we do need... You know, we do need to be a little bit conservative w with that, but, you know, kind of bearing in mind, it, it is, you know, despite being conservative, it's still a, a long, remote and challenging stretch of water that people are trying mm -hmm. to do in a small amount of time mm -hmm. on the back of running over Goat Pass and, and a whole lot of cycling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What are your three top tips for a positive race day uh, paddling down that river? What are your three top things that people should be thinking about doing to make sure that they can have a good day out? Oh, I think the big one is keeping yourselves warm. Mm -hmm. I think that's gold. You know, like you're going to get to the takeout and if you're cold and stiff, it's going to be like trying to ride a bike while you're a brick. Mm -hmm. So recognizing recognizing that if you are getting cold you're probably not going to get warmer by mm -hmm. paddling harder you're going to get wetter splashier it's going to be colder in the gorge so the sooner you can make that call that you're you're underdressed that you suit up a little more and and keep yourself in a good state yeah yep, with that good. in mind yep so that's number one that's number one uh number two is Put your game face on for the for the last stretch, you know, the Woodstock to Gorge Bridge. Uh, you know, for me, that's a bit of a concern, and it's not about the difficulty of the white water; it's about the hazard, the willow hazards, mm -hmm. often quite easy but reasonably consequential. So, yeah. you know, what I would I would ask for there to have a good race is is you know keep keep sharp right to the end there. Don't switch off at Woodstock thinking I yep. I'm just about just there and I'm on the cruise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Number two. And what have you got for number three for us? What's my third one? Uh, I think it's a little bit about making sure your support crew are having a good time as well. And yep. often it's mum and dad, brother and sister who aren't necessarily hofay with the, the whole multi-sport scene. So set them up so there's going to be no issues at scrutineering and, you know, try and make their day as, as stress-free as possible. Mm. And, you know, mm -hmm. as a competitor, that means poke your nose into that handbook and make sure that all that all that equipment for scrutineering is is going to be smooth, simple and plain sailing for your support crew. Good. You know, four, Good. 4 30 in the morning, uh, if you if you can't find your PFD or, you know, you're missing your um, survival bag from your from your PFD, that's a that's a it's an un, unnecessary stress for, you know, mum and dad who are doing their best to get you 
get you to the finish line. Down the river. Yeah, that's right. And that's that's their first reference to the handbook so far. That's one. Well, I expect <laughs> at least 10 tonight. But that's one done. That's good. It's a, it's a fantastic uh, read and uh, make sure you, you're, you're up for that. Um, one of the things around the WiMAC is it's it's a the the wind can be um, one of the most challenging pieces of the of the river depending on um, like it just funnels out of the different sort of valleys and things and can hit you from the side and sort of grab your paddle and flick you up uh, upside down without you even knowing it sometimes. Um, is there any tips around managing the wind? Again, we don't know what the weather's going to be on that particular day. Yeah, the, I think the big the big thing there um, is is keeping your keeping your speed, keeping your movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think as soon as those boats stop and if they get side onto the wind, it can be a real nightmare to get those things straightened up and pointing where you want to go. But if you can keep them moving, you've got some, you know, you've got momentum, you've got some control over what that wind might do to your boat. Uh, mm-hmm. Keeping your paddle a little bit lower, you know, having a wee bit of extra in the tank, you know. Paddling in those hard winds can be challenging. Different Cove, Horseshoe Bend. Yeah. You know, we see the big sand dunes up the side there, and that's often a really windy spot. I've had, I remember, 15 years ago being there, feeling like we should we should close the close the river because it was so windy. And speaking to people at Mount White, where there was not a breath of wind, so oh, yeah. we we do know the winds do some funny things there. I I think they bounce. They get pushed up over the Southern Alps and they bounce right back down at horseshoe bend um <laughs> so yeah don't be you know often too it's it can be very isolated you know we might have consistent winds throughout but if they're if they're really giving you a hard time it's probably probably just in a certain area and and just you know battle on through that paddle a little bit harder and with the hope that we can we can kind of get around the corner and feel the winds bit, yep. die off mm-hmm. What about the athletes when they're out there? Apart from not falling out of the boat, what can they do to help your team while while they're out there? You're right. Yeah, don't fall out of your boat. That's a good start. <laughs> uh, if you do fall out of your boat, like like game on in terms of getting your ass out of the river. You know, mm-hmm. pull, get your boat, get your paddle, keep that stuff together, and and you know this is probably the hardest part of the paddle is swimming all that gear to shore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd go dig deep if you swim and get yourself out of there. If you're if you're a bit battered and bruised or cold, put more clothes on. You know, get yourself ready to go again. Uh, look after look after each other. I think that's the big one. We you know we've got about seventy five river river safety staff spread throughout seventy k's of river, and that is not everywhere by any stretch of the imagination, and it's not every hazard. So you know, I kind of stress that the the competitors are a, an essential part of our safety management system. And mm-hmm. if you're seeing people in, in trouble or people having a bad time, if you can you know, safely assist, that's much appreciated. If you can pass information on downstream to the next jet boat, for example, mm-hmm. uh, that, that sort of thing is really helpful for us. And it is a, um, you know, it's a really important part of the event, the, event, the camaraderie on that, on that river section, which can feel lonely at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. No, that's, that's great advice. That's actually, just looking after each other, and that's across the whole whole course, isn't it? That's super important, and uh, and that's why it makes this event so special as a camaraderie that uh, that everybody's bringing together just to sort of get it done together. Yeah, I think there's a lot in that. Eh, like oh, I, I often feel that this event is a is a festival with a with a little bit of a race attached to it, uh, and and the you know the atmosphere 
from the support crew, the competitors, everyone's out to have a good time and and there's a handful of people that are that have got a serious race mm-hmm, ahead mm-hmm. of themselves as well. Yeah. And I, I think we see a lot of that at the transition areas, but I suspect there's a huge amount of that that happens on the remote parts of the course. Yeah. And just another kayaking thing, we've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast, but just if people are thinking, shall I go for that slightly faster boat because I think I could go quicker in it, just do the stable option. Get down there in one piece, have a smile on your face, uh, and maybe a bit of a grimace because you have to paddle a bit harder, but at least you're going to have a good day and actually do what you're capable of rather than swimming upside down because that's not a very exciting day and you're going to not enjoy it. Agreed. Yeah, I I think if people, if if the race didn't exist and people looked at that section of river, they'd likely approach it with very much an you know an expedition style of paddling it's a you know it's a two-day trip it's it's remote uh reasonably challenging there's a lot of water in there and i think we've been a little bit desensitized to the the true nature of the river because people can paddle it in four and a bit hours and um it's become you know relatively normal in the in the coast to coast realm but if that race didn't exist it that would definitely be treated as a fairly serious and remote stretch of river and I, yep. I think there's value in kind of reinstating that in our in our psyche and in our preparedness for for embarking on that trip. That's a great trip. Great, great tip actually to just think about what it actually is and and yeah. uh, what it should be a two day river trip. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Uh, Keith, uh, anything finally you'd like to say before uh, you have another few sleepless nights before the big day? Some big decisions hopefully not need to be made. Oh, just you know. Give it heaps, have a good time, look after each other, uh, enjoy, enjoy the trip. It's it's you know such an iconic trip. I mean the the event's iconic, but each leg is is a phenomenal stretch of terrain to move through in that in that race mentality with you know with a bunch of pe- bunch of mates, um, whether you know them or not. I think there's you know the camaraderie in that moving through that space is is world class and uh, yeah. Good luck out there. Good stuff. Right, that's awesome. I really appreciate your time, mm-hmm. Keith, and uh, all the best for the next week and your weather watching and your river river watching and your Cumex and all those sorts of things that are going to go on. Hopefully it's smooth and safe and boring and and uh, and, and it all goes well. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, that's just the, that's the nature of rivers, eh? They're just changing beasts and and yep. yeah, we just we just roll with roll with the changes and and do the best we can with what we're given on the day. And that makes mm-hmm. your job exciting, doesn't it? That's right. That's that's just what rivers are. Yeah, good job. And and on behalf of the the whole uh, coast to coast community, thank you, Keith, for making the river safe and making good good choices for everybody and getting everybody home. It's uh, probably one of the toughest jobs of the weekend. That river section, getting everybody out of there. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks very much. Good job. Well done. See you Cheers. Thank you. See ya. One of his points was, you know, in your three points, keeping warm has to be mm. one of the biggest things. And we've said it before in previous seasons, but as a support crew and an athlete, have your conversation before you get to that river section, whose word's final? Because if I was recommending to um, support crews out there right now, I'd be saying you guys have got a better judgment of the weather how cold it's going to be and what may be coming when your athlete gets there. Because if he's doing one day, he's going to be, he or she going to be very tired. Yep. And, and even two day, they might, you know, depending on how long it's going to take them to do the paddle and things. Um, 
sometimes an athlete's just not thinking that, you know, they're thinking race, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. But, you know, sometimes the support crew, this is your time to to stand up and overall and go, hey, no, I think you should just wear one more layer of clothing. Well, even just in terms of how the race runs and the briefing. So the support crew get a briefing before the race starts on that Saturday morning, the two-day support crew. So again, that's probably when the last piece of information is going to be spread amongst the field. So that's going to the support crew, not necessarily the competitors, because it's hard to get that that word out. So those, so um, yeah, listen to your support crew and and uh, have those options there. Yeah, and as athletes, you've you've chosen your support crew because you trust them, mm. and uh, and you've you've chosen them to do uh, the job for you. So this is like I say, this is the time to trust them. Listen to them. If they say you need another bit of clothing, you probably need another bit of clothing. Mm, good job, nice work. Um, we've got uh, Glenn Curry sitting in the uh, in in the back there, ready to go. He's got spiky yeah, hair. He what's, what's going on with the hair there, mate? Looking I got a haircut today for the race, Angus. <laughs> Looking sharp, mate. Looking yeah, sharp. Good job. Good tidy myself up. I'm starting to look yeah. a bit rural. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. How are you doing, Glenn? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. You guys? Yep. Yeah, good. No, yeah. Going well. Yeah. Going well. How's how's everything shaping up from your end? How's how's the how's the team behind the scenes? What's the, what's the latest? Ian Abram's fizzing actually, so no, we're really excited. Um, it's been obviously a busy couple of weeks, and but things seem to be um, rolling into place really nicely. And yeah, I don't know, the team seems relatively relaxed, like busy but relaxed, and uh, yeah, good to go. I mean, I keep, I think we keep comparing it to this time last year when, and we're like, what? Well, it seems a lot easier, but uh, we forget that we were dealing with, um, we were dealing with the unknown this time last year in another yeah, area, yeah. in a whole lot of areas. So it's um. It's nice just to um, just focus on the weather rather than um, any government announcements, et cetera. So yeah, it's been been a, it's been a really fun couple of weeks actually. Nice and 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 as Angus mentioned, as a farmer, uh, could you give us your long range forecast? Your Jim Hickey nine sleeps out as we speak today before race day. Yeah, yeah well, um, yeah. So no, we're we're actually watching that pretty closely from the um, agricultural perspective too down here. Like it runs keen for some sunshine and some warm winds to um, dry a few crops out so we can rip in. So it actually looks like we're going to get a bit of that over the next few days. So I, I actually, I, I reckon Keith, I thought Keith was um, a little bit off calling a thousand Qmex, but I just, right. whilst he was talking, I started having a look at the Temple Basin um, rain forecast and he's probably not far off actually. So they're talking, um, yeah, sort of 60 to 70 mils up and above Arthur's Pass there in the next 24 hours. And then come again Sunday, I'd say that looks like another 150 odd. So yeah, potentially oh. we'll sort of um, peak out at about that thousand cumex. I was gonna, I was gonna bet him a beer. I was picking about six hundred or a Montes. Okay, okay. Um, well, he what, might be closer to the mark, I reckon. What we might do is we might sort of put your number and Keith's number, and then we'll ask Sophie shortly and see what she has to say. And yeah, uh, I reckon seven fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. good, good. So Sophie's just frantically, I can see her looking at the Met Service forecast. She started, gurg- started gurgling as she, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Okay, so uh, a big river event, obviously. You'll be pleased that the race isn't on this week, this weekend. Uh, and how's the sort of long range forecast looking for next week? Yeah, so I mean, we, yeah, we've sort of been looking at the forecast. I always like to sort of not worry about it too much until 10 days out. So we're sitting about that point now, but. Yeah, generally, I think, um, you know, I think most people probably picked that we've got a bit of definitely a big system coming through over the next four days, and then it looks like it's going to clear out quite nicely behind it. So, um, yeah, happy days, hopefully. Yeah. A bit of rain, water in the river, top it up, sunshine. Yeah, I heard, I heard, I heard my buddy helicopter flight 
was going to on Friday was going to be like beautiful sunshine, no wind, all the way to the top of Goat Pass. There, that's what I was hearing anyway. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see, Angus. <laughs> <laughs> God, you, I love you, to try. Can, you can come with me out on Monday and put some markers out, and then you can just maybe camp up there for the week, and then you'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, look, hey, let's move on. Hey, uh, tell us what's happening with registration and, and briefing and things, obviously. Thursday for registration and we having a big uh, who's a who's up again we've got no COVID so we've got an open forum yeah open forum so um it's kind of I actually even I, I think back to when I was racing and it used to be awesome getting along to that rego and I mean the nerves would be fuzzing but everyone's sort of buzzing around aren't they and um it's quite exciting and you, and I mean the coast to coast is you know a bit of a big family so you sort of got to sit there and say g'day to everyone you know and so it's gonna be great to have that back like we're, we're pumped on that so um Back at the Westland Event Centre there in Greymouth, and uh, yeah, we're sort of registered. We've got registration open all day, and we will be. And then sort of, um, we've got the elite panel at four thirty. It's always good to um, listen to those guys and how they've been prepping and how they're feeling, and then rolling into briefing around five pm. So, um, as always, the briefing is compulsory. So we do need you to attend that. Um, you can come in and register, and then head off back to your accommodation and come back for briefing and. Yeah, it should be. Um, yeah, it should be. It'll be great to see. What are we? Fourteen hundred and fifty competitors, I think, this year. Um, wow. All out on cool. that. All out on that Westland turf. So, yeah, fired up for that. It'll be awesome. Yeah, that's good. And then you double that or triple that, don't you, to sort of support crew or so, hangers on, mums and yeah, dads. Yeah, we always work on our figures. Always work on plus three or plus four by the time you throw in Nana and Granddad and um, and your support crew and stuff. So. Uh, it's sort of yeah, we talk about a six thousand uh, person moving circus, really. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I always say, and this is officially gonna be the biggest um, coast to coast ever. You know, this is the largest number mm-hmm. that's ever done the event. So um, pretty exciting. And is that and where are those numbers coming from? So there's actually a hundred more competitors. I think you mentioned. Yeah, brings. so we on two years ago we put we're we're probably up around about eighty competitors because um yeah at this stage we've had uh we've had, we've got more teams than probably we normal do so that ad, ad, adds competitors and and at this stage we've had less withdrawals for this time over um over the summer bright period mm-hmm. so uh, yeah we're shockers. And uh, just a question on that: Is are all the events full? Because there's been big wait lists all across. Like, are we? Are yeah, we are, we are. We are absolutely full. And um, probably one of the hardest things for Gemma and I are the people that email trying to find, um, you know, last minute places, and us have to turn them away. And and we find that really tough. And uh, you know, it's it's just it's just the nature of the beast. But we are we are absolutely chockers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just let's just say uh, Braden Curry rings me next week. He won't be getting an entry boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you hear that? They write that down. Yeah, uh, screenshot of that. Um, and just as we're talking about numbers a little bit, because this part part of this will be people talking about next year as well. And there's lots of people that have already put their name down. Do you want to just talk us through the process of that? Uh, how do we how do we get an entry for next year? Yeah, so we've um so we, I mean we we scratch our heads over this one all the time and um and we're open to, open to suggestions, and I know I always get plenty of them, but um, we do run a ballot system. So the ballot system is open now, and basically everybody can opt into the ballot and, um, and the, the, um, the event that they want to participate in, basically. That's open to, I think, a week after the actual event. Um, and, then, and then we close that up, and it basically goes into a random selection system, and we pull everyone's names out, and then a wait list is created randomly off that as well. Um, you'll be offered basically once the entry is closed. You'll be if you do receive an entry, you'll be offered an entry, 
and you'll have around about four or five days to complete that entry and get it into the system. If you don't do that, then we'll immediately offer it to the next person on the wait list and, and try to keep things moving. Uh, it is, we're trying to do this a little bit earlier this year, and that's, that's mainly around that we do realise that for a lot of people, they need every day of that 12 months to prepare for this event. And it allows a lot of people to start that grade two process, which is a good thing to do in February and March this year, rather than waiting until next summer. So we're, we're trying to get that um, we're trying to get that tidied up as quickly as possible, so those people that are um, preparing for the event for next year have a bit of summer this year to start getting into it. Nice. Well, speaking of entries, let's let's get hyped about this year. Uh, Glenn, run us through uh, one day, two day, male, female teams. Who have we got? What's what's at that pointy end of the field? Where's the old dog here gonna gonna finish? <laughs> yeah, I get yeah, I get pretty excited about um get get pretty excited about that side of the event. Um, it is a big adventure, and we do you know we love the fact that um for a lot of people you know I always talk about for a lot of people this is their Everest, and I know how much effort's gone into it. But we do have um we do have a race going on too, and there's some incredible athletes out there doing that race, and um. I think uh, to show what caliber of athlete is, it's pretty exciting to see Dougal Allen. You know, currently, you know, he's just been selected to, um, you know, race cool. team um, team New Zealand, and I think that, that that pretty much sums up the color of athlete that we've got at the coast to coast. You know, it's awesome. So, yeah, exciting things this year is that we will have a new male um, longest day world multi sport champion. So that's really exciting. Um, outside of that, what I find really exciting is it's probably the best chance, and I've actually got the men's um, the men's trophy sitting right in front of me here, and it's the best chance in a long time that Australians probably got of winning that um, of winning that trophy. We've got brothers Alex and Robbie Hunt coming over from Tasmania, um, and you know Alex has raced before. I think he's I think he's got a third. He's a super talented athlete, and his brother's actually not far behind. So really exciting to see that you know there is potential that. Um, that uh you know we, we could have an australian chat which i mean a lot of kiwis will probably grimace but i actually think that's quite exciting to you know for the men's to actually have a um international champion and then and then the list goes on everyone will know sam manson he's um he's a real figurehead in the um coast to coast community he works really hard with people and to achieve their goals and uh you know he, he's quite inspirational because he you know he has a lot to do with a lot of people getting their grade two certificates and then also getting them over the run and he's also got a goal too, and he's he's had a goal probably for about 15 years now, and that's to win that longest day. So I mean, he's Sam's obviously favourite. He's got a couple of seconds. He's you know he he just got pipped by Dougal a couple of years ago. Talented athlete. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be right there. Um, yeah, but then the other thing that I'm looking at in the males field is there's probably about six or seven blokes that could actually win the event this year. You know, with, with what's what's happening out there. So you've got a um, a young guy, as new on the scene, Taylor Reed from Christchurch. He's showing, you know, he's got a ma massive ticker, and um, he'll he'll be uh, throwing everything at the event. Um, Hamish Elliott, he's um, probably a little bit of untapped talent still. Um, super quick over the run, and yeah, I think yeah, he's he's got every chance of being on that, definitely on the podium, let alone winning the race. So yeah. Um, yeah, the list goes on. There's yeah, there's there's a lot of guys there that will be competitive. So really exciting. Um, females race. I always say every year that you know it pretty much sums up female sport, New Zealand and New Zealand at the moment. You know, and the depth in sport that we have. Um, and and that race, that females race, has always got a lot of depth. You know, like when you sit there, and I always have to sit there back in November and start looking because Jimmy gets starts harassing me about bid numbers and. And so I start looking at who's probably favourite. And there's probably there's always 10, 10 females that can make that top three for sure. So 
a lot of depth there. Alina Usher is back 17 times, I think. Oh, and, uh, you know, anyone, you, I always say about Alina, she won't have a bad race. Like, she is always going to have a good race. So everyone's got a race better than her. Um, Simone's back. Uh, again, she'll be, you know, super fit, super strong, obvious favourite. She's, you know, she's won it a couple of day, uh, times already. And, you know, she'll be back to get another one. And then a lot of young females coming through. Um, Hannah Lund recently won what, what you know, who we sort of ran as the Canterbury Multisport Champs and, you know, beat some big names in there. Rebecca Kingsford, um, you know, she, she's actually, you know, she's probably new to the multisport scene, but she's got a lot of depth in endurance racing and is arguably one of New Zealand's most consistent triathletes, um, an absolute demon on the bike. And I think, uh, you know, her results from the WiMAC Classic will show that she's she's going to be super competitive. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think in the last couple of years, there's been 10 minutes um, separating the top three females in that event, which is incredible over 12 hours of racing, isn't it? So, yeah, South Dea Road, there'll be a few fireworks again, I'm sure. Can't wait. Yeah, um, two-day individual. So it's always it's only, it's always a bit hard for me, Angus, because it's hard to pick, um, pick, pick you know, like because there's a lot of young guys who use that to cut their teeth. But there's an mm -hmm. old fella that always turns up every year, and he's about the only name I recognise on that list all the time. <laughs> oh, there's a hell of a year ever. Yeah, yeah. So Richard Greer will be, yeah, he'll be there, but... Um, you know, like I think I suppose in the men there's probably young fella Finn McKenzie who's um he'll be a, his he'll be a, he's he seems to be able to um, be talented at every sport he does that kid so I think he's been racing mountain bikes in Australia recently and yeah I mean there'll be the two days pretty exciting because it's basically the future of multi sport that you see come out on top there. Um, Flavio's telling yeah. me I should put a dollar on Sam Anderson. Okay, yeah, Sam Anderson, yeah, he's, and and yeah, he's a real talent too. He um. He did very well in the um yeah the Mount Summers event as well in the um thing so I think yeah he'll be uh yeah he'll be one to beat as well so not that I'm bidding against you oh no that's no, fine no. and and that's the beauty of it I like... just you know lost I've lost a couple of dollars over the last few years you know mate <laughs> exactly no but I, I, I totally agree that's the best thing of it like you just don't know like there could be a young Braden Curry that turns up first time and just blows things to bits so um so yeah it's just a matter of going and and having your best race that you can do and seeing what happens absolutely no good stuff yeah. awesome Glenn um is there anything else that uh that I guess things that you would like to share so people can get organized as they're traveling to the start line uh in Greymouth over the next week or so there's going to be a lot of traveling going on a lot of getting organized happening any kind of last words that you'd like to share just so people can make sure that they turn up organized and, and have the best weekend that they can yeah I'll just reiterate what Keith said I mean um you know the course is probably going to have some changes over the next um 10 days but just read it as you see it you know like you've all everybody should have the skill set now to get them through this that course and but that is what is special about, um, you know, the Kathmandu Coast to Coast is it's not just a race based on aerobic fitness. You also need a skill set as well. So, you know, use that skill set to get you through the course. Read what you see ahead of you. You know, I mean, you can probably shelve a lot of the stuff you've decided on lines, et cetera, because they're probably going to change. <laughs> so, you know, make your decisions based on your skills, really. Um, it is going to be busy. Uh, New Zealand is open again. And for those people that have been training on the course, they will know um, they will know that, um, you know, Arthur's Pass and State Highway 73 is a busy road again. So, you know, plan, plan ahead. You've got, you know, plenty of time. And then during the event with your support crews and your teams, you know, like we have marshals that work, work sort of tire, tirelessly and our systems to try to make that all as smooth and as um, the best experience for everyone. So we do appreciate if everyone can just follow what we're asking them to do and everyone will get to the right places at the right time and, um, you know, 
yeah so if we can if they can all just follow sort of our instructions and things will things will hopefully work really well and everyone can have a great experience so um that's about all we can ask really yeah no that's good just be organized and uh and don't leave it to the last minute obviously as you're leaving that transition just give yourself time uh but you don't need to rush either because there is time as long as you follow the instructions and and the marshals from a parking perspective etc and here's a tip to get here's a tip to get organized think about if you're going over on wednesday or thursday uh dinner because uh like you said glenn there's a however many 1400 competitors and and the plus the three and the four that's a lot of people looking for for dinner so think ahead now look if you can see if you can find and book something for dinner now mm -hmm. yep absolutely trust you to think about your stomach there, Angus. <laughs> you were gonna say that. <laughs> no, yeah no that's no it's no it's a good point things will be busy so you know plan ahead and um yeah and uh yeah we can we, we we can't wait and um we do appreciate that for a lot of people out there and a lot of people that are listening to this this has been a 24 month build up so how good is it going to be to get this uh this event underway absolutely i totally agree you've got your hair cut you're looking good glenn all the best for the next Thanks, uh man. week and a half or so yeah. and uh hope it goes well at your end yeah cool cheers team we'll see you around in gray now can't wait we will see you there absolutely thanks mate thanks for joining us and uh it's going to be one hell of a show Oh, yeah. Take care. Good job. You, you know who he didn't mention? Are you doing it, Angus? No, no. Forget about that. That's, <laughs> that's funny. And the two-day individuals, who didn't he mention? And the females? It's a good question. He didn't mention Sophie. <laughs> she smiled. She already knew that was coming. <laughs> I could see her in the background there. But I had no idea. Hey, oh, you went, over your went over your, your <laughs> Hey, look, that's that was right. great. Glenn's, uh, Glenn is absolutely amped, uh, and I'm assuming everybody in behind him is too, because he's dead right. This is uh, – you can see how there's, you know, the relief. They're not there yet. That We haven't started yet, but, man, there must be a whole lot less pressure this year than, than in the past couple, eh? Oh, just – knowing that the thing can happen mm. can't it and and also they have tested their their plan b courses out last year on longest day athletes so i mean even just having that stuff for them makes a difference doesn't it but uh yeah just exciting that we can look forward to it and just have an awesome weekend and as he mentioned like it's a it's a fun social weekend so make sure you soak that up as well yeah and like come say hello at uh well we'll be at registration mm -hmm. uh we'll also have uh tent up with a whole lot of athletes going on at klondike but um feel free to come and say hello because you know it was weird last year wasn't it watching you know we were over allowed to be in the transition and doing a bit of filming and things mm. and whatnot but watching everybody lined up across the road sort of not allowed to come and mingle it That's was right. all pretty weird but it'll be <laughs> yeah. great to be able to finally have everybody together and sharing stories and all those things. There is a competition on how many high fives you can get give out across the weekend. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So that's Game Marshalls and, and everybody out there. And and that just increases the vibe and cheering each other on. It's great. And if you're a Marshall, you tally up how many high fives you can get. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good job. Have you got Sophie there? I have. How many, how many high fives are you going to give out, Sophie? Oh, as many as I can handle. Yeah. Have you been training there? Have you been practicing there? Have you got calluses on you? Yeah. Don't get blisters that's, before you get to the paddle, will you? That's the only thing I've been training. Like none of this running, biking, kayaking, just high fives. Yeah, just the vibe. Just got to float across the line based on that. How do you go with that? Because you know if you look at the other person's elbow, you'll hit them every time. You know that trick? Yeah, I know the trick, but I'll be honest, I'm not very good at it. I'm actually a really poor high five giver. Okay. It's when you get to the point, and I've done this in races before, and you're trying to high-five someone, but then you start seeking guess. Like, if I high-five them, uh, Newton's laws state that I'll start going backwards. So I don't really want that. I'm, I'm really hurting right now. So I'm just going <laughs> to pretend that I high-fived and accidentally missed or something like that. 
So, uh, so yeah, hopefully it doesn't get to that stage. We must have more important things to talk about than high flying. <laughs> surely to goodness. How are you doing, Sophie? How's everything feeling in your in in your camp? Yeah, pretty good. I think I've just about stopped puffing from trying to keep up with you two on a ride this evening. Um, <laughs> hey, you I've missed the about... break. You missed my. Be... You missed. I thought you were yeah, going to be on my I wheel. Think... Well, I tried, didn't I? I tried, but you were going quite fast, and well, but, I was a bit but tough. For the only. <laughs> but wherever that was, I didn't see that particular moment. But for you were heading downwind on one section, I sort of come past you, and then I was getting quite puffed, and then boom, you come past uh, full gas, like we were going fifty k's an hour or so. So um, it was awesome to see. Yeah, that was quite fun. I enjoyed that. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing very well. What are you most looking forward to, other than the finish line, Sophie? Uh, I am really. I'm looking forward to the whole thing. Well, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, still quite nervous about the kayak um i am really looking forward to the run i i I just love running goat pass it's so much fun um and i i guess i'm looking forward to all of the legs but i'm really looking forward to the whole atmosphere of the event i am a first timer but i have done the mountain run before and even being part of that small part of the event was the coolest atmosphere i've ever been a part of and i'm really looking forward to just that whole buzz and you know everything from registration onwards i'm super excited yeah no that's awesome and you're going to have lots of people that are going to be cheering you on because you probably don't realize it but you're quite famous in the coast to coast podcast uh, world <laughs> it's a slightly alarming prospect really <laughs> exactly might have to do autographs might have to have a signing before the race registration maybe that's right by the time by the time you have your helmet on and your sunglasses on and and all of those sort of things you know you're almost a different person maybe i'll buy some bigger sunglasses hide a bit more of my face <laughs> uh, elton john's got some yeah good stuff what have you been doing in the last couple of weeks it was a couple of weeks since we spoke to you last what's been happening yeah, a, a bit of final training. Um, I have been on the lower river. Um, you know, we thought we'd better test out course B just in case because for a oh, while there, so. you know, the river levels were looking a bit dodgy and we were feeling a bit worried about whether there'd even be enough water. So I've uh, paddled, you know, the willows down um, just in case, which I suspect now was an unnecessary precaution. But I've done that. Uh, I've been out for some nice long rides, which has been really fun. Um and then I've also, I've had to go back to work, which, oh, you know, no. I've had like seven weeks off over summer and um, it's been a bit of a shock to the system to actually have to work for the last two weeks. And I'm exhausted, frankly. So I'm hoping you, <laughs> that I can taper making, off work. Are you making all the kids wear face masks? Uh, I did actually make some kids put on a mask today. A student came in and was quite sniffly, and I went and got a packet of face masks and hand them. Have... <laughs> See, a few <laughs> years ago, that would have been inappropriate, but now it's like, it's, <laughs> that's, that's right. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah well and so I, then a staff member was actually kind of sniffy next to me, and I just sort of shuffled my chair like, <laughs> away from them. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Hey, I'm I'm really interested to hear what your call is about uh, how many Cumex in the river. Bruce Leslie, a bit of a kayaking guru from down this way, he said five to six hundred Cumex. It's not an exact number. He's sort of hedging his bets a little bit there. He's not saying quite so many. But what do you think the river's going to peak at? Well, so Keith said a thousand, didn't he? And Glenn yep. settled on. Did he go for eight fifty at the end? Was that oh, who he meant? We'll call him seven fifty. Well, he was less than that. He was like six hundred, but I think he wanted he'd to come up a bit. To, he to head, oh, yeah. So oh, but I do. Oh, I do kind of trust Bruce, but then again, I'm inclined to go somewhere in the middle. I think I'm going to go eight seventy. 
Okay. <laughs> Good I, mean, job. I have no idea. Like, I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 870. I'm going to say there'll be more in it than there is today. Yes, yes, quite a lot more, I would imagine, which would be awesome to see. So, yeah, it'd be really interesting to, to see how that goes. What about twice as much as half of it? I think we should Is move that on. like a good number? <laughs> What's your thing that your your nutrition thing that you're most looking forward to afterwards? Oh, well, uh, my I've got a sort of training group that I've developed and our thing is gin and juice. Um, mm. We got quite, st- we all competed in the Wanaka Multi back in October and got quite stuck into the gin and juices at Water Bar <laughs> afterwards. So that's become a bit of a thing. Um so I'm really looking forward to a gin and juice uh, in our mate James's spa out and he lives in New Brighton, quite close to the finish line. Okay. So I think it's going to be a stumble across the line and then stumble to the spa and then potentially stumble out of the spa as well. Yeah. <laughs> With some gin and juice. Good stuff. You better make sure you don't tell Angus where the uh, address gin is for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's supposed to be on the finish line sort of cheering on and he's sitting in the spa pool drinking gin and juice. <laughs> I can see that. Nice. I can go live from there. <laughs> Are you ready, Sophie? Are you ready? Um, yeah, I think I am ready. I think, I mean, I've definitely, I've never been physically fitter than I am right now, which is cool. Um, and mentally, yeah, I think I'm pretty much there. I'm definitely, I'm nervous about the kayak. I've always been nervous about the kayak. I was feeling better about it when it looked like there wouldn't be much water because I'd kind of got my head around there not being much water. And now that it looks like there'll be a significant amount of water, I'm kind of having to shift my headspace again. Um, that's definitely the thing that mentally I'm the least prepared for, I think. Um, but yeah, I think I'm pretty ready. I did a lot of time today putting together the master plan for my support crew. Um, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm just, I'm really excited to get on that start line. It's been a long time. Awesome. No, that's good. And and my advice would be just to walk forward to that challenge. You have prepared really well. Um, you're as prepared as you can ever be. So just go and go and do it piece by piece. And and uh, and you've got the skills because lots of different stuffs happened in your training. So just go and go and uh, have a crack at it and see what happens. Yeah, good advice. Thanks, Rich. I will definitely do my best. I mean, that's all I can ask myself, oh, right? So good. When you were writing your list for your support crew and you've had your discussions with your support crew, what's the what's the key message you have given your support crew that that you would suggest maybe to some other athletes to to give to their support crew? Well, I haven't actually had this conversation with them yet, but I'm planning on it. So my the lead of my support crew is my dad, um, and I I know that dad often knows me better than I know myself, and kind of. You know, what Keith was saying earlier about let them tell you what to do kind of thing. So I, I'm, I'm going to let dad tell me what to do when I'm tired. Um, and, you know, if, if dad tells me, so if you need to put another layer on, then I, I'll put another layer on and I will trust him to make those calls for me. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's a conversation. He's actually probably listening right now. So dad, you can tell me to put another layer on. Very <laughs> yeah, good. No, that's awesome. Hey, Sophie, it's been fantastic to uh, share your journey. It's been a, a long one, longer than we'd hoped and expected, but uh, um, just go and soak it up and have a fantastic time, and we look forward to cheering you on while you're out there, as everybody as well. And uh, and we will, we haven't probably said this, but we're going to have a wrap-up show post post the weekend on the Wednesday following the event. So looking forward to sharing some more stories of, of how it all went afterwards as well. 
yeah, excellent. I do need one final opportunity to talk. You know, I do like to talk. <laughs> the last word. <laughs> you'll be, you'll be yeah, lucky yeah, to get I'll the last do. word around here, unfortunately, Sophie. But uh, <laughs> I'll see yeah. what I can do. But no, nah, yeah, thanks, yeah. guys. It's been an absolute pleasure sharing the journey. And um, I'm really grateful for all the support that you guys have given me as well. So, yeah, thank you. Good job. Rest up, get excited, and we'll see you over there. Sounds good. See ya. See ya. Job done. And just like that, we're only nine sleeps away. <laughs> it's not many sleeps, is it? It's not many at all, but it's good. Let's get into it. So let's ask the same question. Richard Greer, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Well, actually, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> I would say I'm not ready. I've uh, got a got a, a, a weekend of getting organized. It's a long weekend, so I'll go and uh, do that. So put some time aside there. We've had a bit of a support crew uh, run through yesterday. I've got uh, a good friend, Jake, and uh, Nate, our oldest son, who's 15. He's going to be in there as well. So that's pretty cool. He's pretty fizzed up. It'll just be a matter of making sure he, he uh, he's relaxed as well because he you can get pretty excited. So um, that was really good to do. And um, yeah. I think it's uh, just a couple of wee sharpener type sessions that we'll do over the next uh, week or so and and then make sure we're fresh as a daisy and, and just go and have some fun. And it's been great the last, uh, well, week and actually for some two mm. or more, some athletes turning up from all over the world, yes, turning up yes. here, some CP athletes that have just started to roll in. You know, there's uh, Ben and Robin who have been here for a while. We actually yep. took them to a concert the other night. <laughs> yeah. Robin <laughs> um, from the Netherlands, Ben from Australia. Yep. yep. Yep, so we entertain them and, and a few of those things. And it's been great just watching everybody come in. And, you know, there's a few people still haven't got their gear from the plane ride yet. I know, got yeah. Lost. Yep, Cliff, um, from, Cliff from Canada is hopefully picking that up tomorrow, uh, sitting in Brisbane instead of here, which isn't useful. We've got uh, eight Irishmen. Was it 10 or 12? Lots of Irishmen heading over uh, that are arriving next week or this weekend. So it's going to be huge. It'll be at least three. <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome, isn't it? So, um, yeah, any, any last words from your perspective? Any sort of recap of the show? Uh, look, I think, uh, you know, you got to play the river. If we talk about river safety from Keith, you're just going to have to play that on the day. Uh, I actually think it's great. I actually think pre coast to coast, a big flood down the river mm -hmm. to change it up a bit is really good because not everybody can get here and run That's laps right. of the WiMAX. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really cool that it almost gets a reset before the start isn't it good yeah and it just goes down to your skills there's a little bit of luck there obviously sometimes too it goes well and but i find if you can kind of get 80 percent of it right you're probably doing all right like get most of it right uh you always make some mistakes but uh just doing your best in terms of making those calls don't stop paddling because that's when the trouble yeah, starts that's right. 100%. <laughs> yeah and actually just on that i was going to share a couple of tips around paddling because i've been doing a little bit of that lately from a stability perspective i paddle a reasonably skinny boat and one thing i've been working on recently is just 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 making sure I put power down into my paddle stroke and it just adds the stability yep. because you've kind of got an extra outrigger almost yep. as part of that. So that's been really good. And the other key thing I've uh, sort of been playing with as well is if you're getting a sore bum, because that happens when you're sitting down in a long time in a kayak, activate a bit more leg drive, squeeze your butt muscles. That means your bum won't be quite so sore and actually your paddling were going to be better as well. So um, I'd say those two things might be useful just when you're in the hurt locker. You don't want to be there anymore. And let's face it, there's times that you're going to not want to be there anymore. It's going to suck. It's still a long way. So um, go back to your technique, go back to how you're doing stuff and 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 then you'll you'll get there. You'll go well and you'll, you'll, you'll be doing a good job. And this might sound silly, but don't let the river go faster than you are. <laughs> exactly. Well, then you're—it's making decisions for you that's rather right. than you making your own decision on what you want. Hundred percent. That's what we say. Like you know, you just got to keep paddling faster than the river, so you're in control. The minute it goes faster than you, it'll take you all over. So that just means once again, paddle, paddle, paddle. Exactly. Yep. If in, if in doubt, paddle lots.
Yeah. Good job. Well done, Angus. Uh, another great show. And uh, hopefully, um, yeah, travel safe to everyone out there. We're looking forward to meeting a, uh, lots of people, lots of high fives and fist bumps over at uh, registration in Greymouth. We'll be hanging out there. So uh, make sure you come and say hi and uh, all the best. Yeah, don't be afraid. Say hi all weekend. We'll try and keep you entertained. You entertain us. It'll be uh, it'll be a ball. It always is. And, um, you know, it's a big weekend for everybody involved. Athletes, support crew, organisers. There's a lot of tired people all weekend long. And there's nothing better than a smile from somebody and a, hey, how's it going type exactly. sort of thing. So looking forward to it. It's going to be great. See you all in Greymouth. Um, and then uh, at the finish line. And a spa with gin and, and juice. A... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well Th- thanks, Tink. It's the best Kiwi event in New Zealand. This. Crossing New Zealand in one or two days. Why do I do it? Because I love it. Three, two, one.